0: Well, if you have your Bibles today, do you have your Bibles today? Yes. Open them, if you would, please, to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. The book of Philippians, chapter 4, and this morning we're going to be reading verses 6 and 7 in this great epistle of Paul to the Philippian church. <clears throat> Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, and if you're there, say amen. Amen. The Apostle Paul writing, he says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And this morning I want to minister a message the Lord has laid upon my heart for this morning Don't worry, God's got it. (laughs) I said, don't worry, God's got it. Come on now. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you this morning for this wonderful privilege that we have more than anything to know you, God, to know you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us into this house together in one accord in one place. And we ask you, Lord, for your anointing, the moving and operation of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that makes the word real. Make your word real to us tonight. Penetrate us this morning, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Anoint me to minister, and Lord, Lord, anoint us to receive. And God, we say it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, the book of Philippians is, is a book that the Lord has had me in over the last, about a month now, last several weeks. And uh, it's one of the most amazing books in the, in the Bible. Of course, all the books of the Bible are amazing. And the whole Bible tells a story, and every book of the Bible tells a story. It's a part of that grand overall story. And the book of Philippians is, I believe, just an amazing book and, one of the reasons why is because of the content that the Book of Philippians says. One of the, the main theme, or one of the main themes of the Book of Philippians, is the joy of the Lord, and the, you and I are to be, and the believers are to be thankful for what God has given to us. He said, He told us in Philippians four, and verse four, He said, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say, rejoice. And you see that theme throughout the book of Philippians, rejoice in the Lord. God's been good to us. Praise him. Thank him. Now that theme in and of itself is incredible and marvelous, but what I believe what makes that theme so even more marvelous is the fact or the setting in which Paul wrote these words. Because when Paul wrote the book of Philippians, he did not write the book of Philippians from uh, a beach resort on the Mediterranean Sea uh, uh, sipping ice cold iced tea with a little lemon in it. He wasn't, he wasn't writing the book of Philippians at uh, the Apostle Paul fan club conference. All right, He wasn't writing the, the, the book of Philippians from others, some kind of setting like that, but instead, the apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians, along with three other books, the prison epistles, from house arrest in Rome. He was being persecuted for his faith in Jesus. He was arrested because he was boldly proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and he was taken in chains to Rome as a prisoner. But he told Timothy, eventually he said, I am not really a prisoner of Rome, but I'm a prisoner of Jesus. So these chains mean nothing really. I'm a prisoner of Jesus. He's got everything in control. But while he was under house arrest, In Rome, again, he was being persecuted for his faith in Christ. He was being persecuted for his stand for Christ. Again, he was boldly proclaiming that this Jesus of Nazareth, this Jew, had died upon the cross to to save us from our sins, and three days later, he rose from the dead, and he's a living Savior. Well... Primarily, the religious folk didn't like that too much because religion just gives people dead stuff, but Christianity gives people a living Savior. And so here he is under house arrest in Rome, and he writes to the Philippian church, Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, the Philippian church, they were going through some persecution as well, but he tells them again under house arrest to rejoice in the Lord. And he tells them, as we read here in verse 6 and 7, he tells them, be careful for nothing, which in modern terminology just simply means don't worry about anything. (laughs) Oh, that's a good word right there. Don't worry about everything. He was telling the Philippians, Philippians, don't worry because God's got it. God's under control. Paul so easily, so easily he could have looked at his circumstances. I want you to think about it this morning. So easily he could have looked at his situation that he was in. He could have looked at the numbers that of people he had following him or supporting him, I should say. And there was not many at this time that was supporting or following the Apostle Paul. Not many. The majority of the church was not. He only had a few that were supporting him and helping him. And here he was in a under house arrest, the great Apostle Paul, whom God saved on the road to Damascus to deliver the gospel to the Gentiles. And in his own mind, if he looked at the circumstances, he would have gotten discouraged. If he looked at the setting in which he was in, if he would have focused on the circumstances, on the numbers or the lack of numbers, if if he would have focused on how he felt, because by this time in Paul's ministry, he he would have been physically beaten for the gospel of Christ more than you and I can imagine. And that would have had an effect even on his physical body. And if he would have looked at those things, the apostle Paul would have gotten discouraged. He would have become consumed with worry and fear. He could have so easily become consumed with worry and fear, but instead, he tells the Philippians in that place where he was at, Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. You know, it's an amazing thing in the world that you and I live in today, the world of modern technology, the world of uh, where where there is more creature comforts. You know what I'm talking about? Creature comforts, air conditioning, uh, heating, and, and thank God for all those things. All just the pleasures of life, all those things are not wrong, but it's amazing in a world in which we have so many things, it seems, to comfort us, so many people are living in torment. So many people are living stressed out. I'm talking about unsaved people here for a moment. Unsaved people that are just stressed out. They're consumed with worry and fear. And the only solution that they see to it is a therapist. The only solution that many see to it is suicide. The only solution that they can see to it is just isolation. Just going into a shell and becoming a shell of a person living in torment. Now that's the unsaved world, but there are many in the saved world, in the church, are, who are living the same exact way. Where all so much has been provided for us. The believer in his word through the cross, so much has been provided. But because, you know what, because the Word of God has not preached, and because the church as a whole has laid aside the moving and operation of the Spirit, there are so many believers today that are living in stressed-out torment. And the solution that they see for it is the same as the world. A therapist, a pill, suicide or just isolating themselves and becoming a shell of a person living with hurt and living with pain. Know this this morning, that you as a child of God especially do not have to live in torment. You do not have to live consumed with fear and with worry. You don't have to be so stressed out that you can't be blessed. So stressed you can't be blessed. So disappointed that you can't be Anointed. Any person, saved or unsaved, there is an answer, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He is the cure to being stressed out, He is the cure to being consumed with worry and fear. He's the cure. I said, He's the cure. He won't just take care and help you take care of the symptoms. He'll go to the very root of it, and he'll cure your worried little heart. He'll cure it. He's the cure. He's the cure. He's the cure. I'm amazed again today in which you and I are living in a world of so many comforts, and you and I are living in a world of, of modern medicine, But yet so many even believers are living a stressed out, worry-filled life. But today, if you are in that place and all of us face worry, hear me today, all of us face worry, amen? Amen. All of us face fear. Not a single person, not a single child of God doesn't face it. Everybody does. Nobody's exempt from that attack of the devil from that influence in this world, internally from our own flesh and externally from the devil and from the world. Everybody faces the attack of worry and fear. But you and I, especially as a child of God, don't have to turn to the methods of the world. We can turn to Jesus. We can turn to Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, worry and fear are really twin brothers. They're really really just twin brothers. The words for really the same thing, but just little nuances of meaning that are different. But they're really twin brothers. You know what worry and fear really is? Worry and fear is actually faith in the wrong object. Let me say that again. Worry and fear is actually faith in the wrong object. Well, what object are you talking about, Brother Bob? Well, I'm talking about faith in the pain, faith in the greatness of your hurt versus faith in the greatness of the healer that can heal you of your hurt. This this week as I was preparing for this message, the Holy Spirit, I believe, just kept on overflowing in my spirit over, just over and over again. How many times... Believers, we get hurt, and he unsaved every single person. We, get, we can get hurt. We can get hurt through various different things. We can get hurt through relationships. We can get hurt because of financial problems. Hello? We can be real. Or we, can, we, can, we can get hurt and be filled with pain because of just life, things that happen in life. And we can get hurt. We can get hurt because people have said things to us that are wrong. We can get hurt from it. We can get offended. But what happens is so many times that hurt, and nobody can escape being hurt. But what we do with that hurt is another thing. But so many times believers, they carry that hurt for years they carry that offense for years, being offended by people, being offended by the pastor because the pastor didn't shake my hand, or being offended at other things, being offended at just, just anything, being offended and carrying that offense with them for years and letting it fester in their heart so that that seed of bitterness and that seed of hurt and sometimes it's a seed of unforgiveness, it changes, it actually changes who they are. Come on now. It affects your personality, it affects your worship, it affects your tithing, it affects your relationships, It affects what you do, what you don't do. Why? It's because you have a lot of hurt and a pain to fester in your spirit. And the bottom line, and there's no condemnation, but the bottom line and the answer is always the same, to give that hurt to Jesus. To forgive others. Because he has forgiven us. Come on now. Forgive others. Forgive that one who's offended you. Let them go. Let them place them into God's hands. Let it go. God's forgiven you, and you're a rascal. Well, I'm not really a rascal like so-and-so. Oh, come on now. Be honest. God's forgiven us. We ought to forgive other people. And Jesus even said, bless your enemies. I know it takes, I mean, I wasn't planning on dealing with this, but it it takes faith. It takes simple childlike faith to just let it go and say, Lord, I thank you that you've forgiven me, a rascal, a sinner like myself. And, Lord, I lay that person, I give them to you, and I forgive them, I release them to you. Worry and fear, worry and fear is really faith in the wrong thing. It's really faith in the hugeness of our obstacle rather than faith in the God that's able to move that obstacle. Worry and fear is faith in the bill and not faith in the one who's able to pay the bill. All right? Well, that... That moves some of you. (laughs) Come on. Talk some more about paying bills off. Woo! (laughs) He's able. I said he's able. He's able to pay the bill. Hallelujah. He's able. Yes. Hey. There's no God like our God. There's no God like Jehovah. Mm. Paul told us in Romans chapter 8... He told us in verse 32, he said, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall, we, shall, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, if God gave you his most precious gift, which was Jesus, don't you think he can pay the bill? He can. He can, and he will. The worry is that faith in the wrong object, it looks at the bigness of the obstacle, it looks at the hugeness of the devil's attack versus the hugeness of our God and the victory he gave us over Satan. But faith says, you know what, it doesn't matter what obstacle that comes my way. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's financial I don't care if it's spiritual. I don't care if it's material, if it's domestic. I don't care if it's my physical body. It doesn't matter what comes my way. My God is able. That's what faith says. It doesn't matter. Faith through the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul was trying to stir up faith in the Philippians, and the Holy Ghost is trying to stir up faith in us this morning. Don't worry, God has got it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now he said this. He said in Philippians 4, and verse 6, he said, be careful, or, that is, don't worry about anything, or be careful for nothing, the word nothing there, it actually means no, not even in one thing, no, not even in one thing, and you could actually look at it this way, that our life is made up of season, after season, after season, after season, after season, season. One season that changes it into another. one, that season changes into another. One season after the next. You are always in a season, or you are in transition to another season. All right, come on now, you hear me. We're all in a season. Either you're, you're, you're transitioning into another season, but you're in a season. And what Paul said here, really, when he said, be careful for nothing, it can be viewed this way in every season, don't worry. God doesn't give you permission to worry in any season. Because he said, in every season, don't worry. Be careful. Don't worry about anything. Well, Brother Bob, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. You don't understand the season I'm in. It it doesn't matter. I'm not making light of it, but it doesn't matter because you don't know the season I'm in. Mm. And you don't know the season I'm in. I don't either. I can't look at you. You can't look at me. And I I can't tell on the surface if you're in a wonderful, blessed, and you're really feeling it good season. Or if you are in a roughing it season. And you wake up every day feeling like, can I just make it through the day? Another day. Please, Lord, help me. And you're in one of those help me, Lord, seasons. Right? Oh. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm, I am so white As you can tell And uh, when the Spirit of God moves on me I'd be honest with you I, I, I don't have a And when the Spirit of God moves on me I, I, don't, I don't have one of these You know, shuffle like that It, don't, it just I, I'm, I'm making that up That's completely made up right there I am the definition of a honky. (laughs) Spirit of God, and and, and let me tell you something, if if the Spirit of God moves on you, if you're in one of those roughness seasons, but you feel deep within your spirit, the Holy Ghost just telling you, it's gonna be all right. Oh! Don't worry, God's got it. If you feel that and you start doing one of these shuffles right here, then praise the Lord. Do a little Holy Ghost shuffle right there. But if it don't, if it don't come out that way, for me, when the Holy Spirit moves on me, I just, I just feel one of these, yeah. Or sometimes I'll just scream, "Yay!" Hey! Hey, Woo! come on, come on, Jesus, take that devil. Mm. But it don't matter how it comes out, if you're in that rough season or if you're in that season, you're just feeling the blessing of the Lord. Oh, it's just flowing, you're on the mountain. Glory to God. Paul said, Don't worry in any season, good or bad. But he said this. He said, but in everything, and that word everything, you could translate it this way, but in every season, so don't worry, don't fear in any season of life. Again, there's not a season that we go through in which God gives us permission. As if God says to us, you know what, you're really going through a bad time and I understand and you haven't worried in a long time so why don't you just go ahead and worry for a while. (laughs) Just get it out of you. Just go ahead, worry. Go ahead, kick your dog. Say something you're going to regret. God doesn't do that one time. But he said in every season, don't worry, but he said this, in everything or in every season, every season, he said, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The answer that Paul gave to worry in this verse, in this passage, is believing prayer. I said believing prayer. Not just a dead, dry, formal ritual of just saying things over and over. I'm not talking about dead, dry, formal, ritualistic prayer. Because that ain't really prayer at all that God recognizes. But believing prayer he gave us the answer to worry, believing prayer, believing prayer. He said, but in everything, in every season, pray. In every season, pray. You know, sometimes prayer is presented. I know I was raised in an environment like this. I was raised in an environment, in a Christian home, and I thank the Lord for My upbringing, but I was raised, it was just legalistic. You know, I'm talking about race and sometimes raised in legalism. And many times the way prayer, most of the time the way prayer was presented to me, and this became, this got into my spirit, and I believe the same thing about prayer, was that prayer was just presented as this. Do it. Come on. Let's everybody on the count of three, let's pray. One, two, three. Pray. It was either pounded into the, God's people's minds. Do it, do it, do it, come on, pray. <laughs> and the preacher wouldn't literally do that, but that's almost to the degree what it was. Just pounding God's people with law. Do it, do it, do it, pray, 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 because you're not really a child of God, really, or you're a second class Believer, if you don't pray. And so pray, pray, pray. And it was presented really as a means of righteousness before the Lord. But you know, prayer is not intended by God to be a means of righteousness. Hear me this morning. Just because you pray doesn't make God love you more. Just because you pray, it doesn't make, it doesn't give you a special place in heaven. With the apostles, because I prayed for half an hour. Because of this, because of that, because I spent. No, prayer doesn't earn us anything. Doesn't earn you anything. But I pray what prayer will do. Prayer will strengthen your relationship with God. That's just the bottom line, truth. It will strengthen it will strengthen and buttress the faith that you have in the cross. Prayer is simply talking to God. Is worshiping the Lord. Well, how do I talk to God? Do I talk to God like, like the pastors? No, no, no. You just talk to God like yourself. You. You talk to the Lord. There is no, there is no uh, fluctuation of your voice that it has to be a certain way. God, I not come unto you in the name of Jesus. You know it doesn't have to be a certain way. I'm not. Uh, I'm not making light. Uh, of course, of, of Christ, of course. But it's not a certain fluctuation of your voice. It's not God hears you if you're loud. But God hears you if you're quiet. It says all those things have nothing to do with it. It's a matter of your heart. I had to go through this all oh, quickly, but in Matthew chapter in Matthew chapter six, verses nine through thirteen, Jesus gave us the Lord's prayer, and in that Lord's prayer, He gave us the model for praying. I said He gave us the model for praying, and in that model, there was the, He emphasized three things. I just want to bring out in the next few minutes three things He emphasized about prayer that I want to give you this morning as it concerns our prayer life. Number one, it's about relationship. He said, when you pray, you say, our Father. You see, when you come before God, you're not coming before just some impersonal creator, but you are coming before the Father, your Father. The Creator has now, through the blood of Jesus, has now become your Father. Father, our Father. You see, prayer is all about relationship. All about relationship. You know, relationship is with God. Relationship, the prayer relationship with God, it's a living relationship. Because when you go to God, you're not coming before a dead God. It's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. You can speak to Him and He'll speak to you. It's a living relationship. With a living God. It is a loving relationship. Because he loves you. When you go before God. Understand this. Your father. Because of what he did for you at the cross. He loves you. He is your father. And you are his child. Know that today. He loves you. It's a living relationship. It's a loving relationship. It's a believing relationship. Because You believe in that love that was manifested at the cross for you. It's about relationship. The next thing about prayer is that it has to do with worship and thanks. Worshiping him and thanking him in your own way when you come before him and get this is always good. It's always good to set aside time in the day to pray. Because Jesus said that in Matthew chapter, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6 when he said, go into your secret place. Go into your closet. So for us today, it doesn't have to be a literal closet. It can be in your bedroom. It can be somewhere else. But he said, you go where your father sees in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Can I just give you some good biblical practical advice? It's good. It's beneficial. It's strengthening to your faith just to set aside some time in the day. Well, how much time, Brother Bob? Well, that's between you and the Lord. That's totally between you and God. We're not going to make up some law. I'm not going to make up some law that says it has to be 30 minutes. It has to be an hour. It has to be an hour and a half. That's between you and the Lord. It could be five minutes, it could be 15 minutes, you let the, 30 minutes, you, you just let the Lord lead you, but when you go before him, you thank him so much because he's done so much for you, just start thanking him, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I wake up this morning, I may not be feeling good right now, but I thank you. Oh, I thank you because you saved my soul. I thank you because I should be on my way to hell, but you saved me. Thank him even for the things that you might feel as insignificant. Thank him for the clothes on your body. Thank him for the roof over your head. Thank him for the food that you eat. Thank him for everything. In everything, give thanks. The third thing about prayer is asking. And when you look at the Lord's Prayer, the main primary thing in the Lord's Prayer is, asking, is actually asking God to do certain things. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. What's that? What's that? That's asking. Well, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's that? That's asking. That's seeking God. Jesus said in Matthew 6, and also Matthew 7, he said, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. He said, If you, your parents, he said, if you're in your earthly life, if you ask for a piece of bread, will your father give you a serpent? If you ask for an egg, will your father give you a scorpion? In that egg? No. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, then how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? I'm just encouraging you today. Ask him. Pray. Paul said, but in every season, pray. And he said, pray and supplication." supplication speaks of asking. Asking the Lord. He said, do it with thanksgiving. Thanking God in every situation. Lord, I thank you. I'm I'm telling you, being a thankful believer, a thankful believer is so much better than the alternative. And that's being an unthankful sourpuss, looking like you've been baptizing vinegar, sucking lemons, a believer. Which one are you going to be? Be thankful, thankful, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say, rejoice. He said, Let your requests be made known to God. And he said this in verse 7 of Philippians 4 He said, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. You know what the peace of God is? The peace of God is the rest and the assurance of God. You see, it's the peace of God. He is giving us his peace, that rest and that assurance on the inside that God's got it all in control, that God is gonna work it out. Again, if he gave us his son Jesus to die on the cross for us, his most precious gift, then we are to believe that he will take care of everything else. Instead of pulling your hair out and pulling other people's hair out, just take your hands off your head, put it aside, and be thankful. Or, or instead, actually take your hands off your head and put it in the air and just thank him. Hallelujah. Put them together and praise him. Glory to God. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Oh, but Brother Bob, I just don't feel like it. It comes a time when you you live by feeling so long, and it will wear you out. And there comes a time in your own walk with God where you know what, you're going to have to make a decision by faith. You know what? This fear has been messing me up And you know what, God, I'm going to trust you now, and I'm going to praise you. 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 He said, when we go to God in believing prayer, giving all of our needs to him, giving everything to him, he said, the peace of God, his rest, his assurance will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The singers and musicians could come back. He said it will guard your hearts and minds. That word guard means that it will be like a fortress around your heart. A fortress around your mind. You know when Paul used the word heart here, he was really talking about our faith because that's where faith comes from. It comes from our heart. With the heart, man believes. God, unto righteousness, Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, is from the heart what happens in my mind. It's thinking that happens in our mind. The peace of God, that rest of God, will be like a fortress around your faith and will be like a fortress around your thinking. Just don't worry. Let it go. God's got it. He's gonna take care of it. You know, just a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Sharon and I, our washer at our house, it was acting up, and we, we started to stress out about it. We got stressed out over a washer. <laughs> Come on now. And we just, this thing, oh, was just being a rascal. And just sometimes, when that happens, you just want to take, you know, you just want to throw the thing out. Oh, we got stressed out over this washer; it wasn't working right, and and uh, this went on for a couple weeks, and we were just thinking, oh man, we just uh, this this washer. We were going having to go to the laundromat, and nothing wrong with that, but we got a washer; we should be able to use it. (laughs) It's broken; it ain't working; it shouldn't be broken. It should be working. So we went on for a while just stressing up man. Oh, if we call the call the the appliance, you know, uh, fixer up or the maintenance man, he's gonna come out, he's gonna charge us, you know. you know, we always exaggerate things, and I'm thinking, oh, he's gonna charge us, you know, five hundred bucks an hour and oh it's gonna be it's gonna be terrible. Oh, it's how bad it is. Our wash is broken. Getting stressed out about it. One day I told Sharon, I said, honey, why don't you you just go ahead and call the place and see how much it's going to be. Just just see, just call. So she called, and as she was talking to the lady over the phone, and Sharon was telling her what was wrong, the lady checked the computer, and the lady said to Sharon, you know what? It's saying here that you all have a five-year warranty. a five year warranty and a maintenance man will be there in the next few days. And it's all covered. It's all covered. It's already been paid for. Now we had, we had actually looked at the receipt. We didn't see anything on the receipt that said anything about a warranty, but God gave us a warranty. Hallelujah. And we didn't argue with the lady. (laughs) <laughs> apparently they said that we had paid for the warranty. You know, when that, when that lady told Sharon, and then that she told, Sharon told me, you know what happened? All that weight, just, we were like, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's, in reality, that's just a, an illustration of the peace of God. Can you stand to your feet this morning, Please that's just the peace. that's what the peace of god will do it will take the weight off you i said it will take the weight off you you know why it's because you know now that your warranty has already been paid for hallelujah and there is a heavenly maintenance man called the holy ghost that's gonna fix you up he's gonna work it out don't worry god has got it don't worry god's got it father we thank you lord this morning that you have supplied everything for us and i pray this morning that as your word has gone forth that god that right now in the name of jesus Right now, Lord, those that are sitting here, those watching by television, listening by radio, that right now, by faith, they would just let those burdens go. They would let those relatives and leave them in your hands, the ones that they've been worrying about, just, Lord, let us let it go right now. That we would let go of being stressed out about the money. We would give it to you and trust in you. We would let go of being stressed out about our own sanctification. And we would trust in you. And Lord, let your peace overflow our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.